The world's smallest insulin pump is coming later this year. Tandem's pump called Moby is half the size of their T-Slim pump, has just a five inch tube and can adhere to your body. Welcome to Diabetic. I'm Justin. I have type one diabetes. And on this show, I talk all things diabetes tech, news and management with industry leaders, educators, and those living with diabetes. I spoke with Gary Shiner all about Moby, how it compares to pumps on the market, how to control it, and Tandem's unique control IQ algorithm. Later in this episode, we even get into Tandem's acquiring of the tubeless pump called Siggy. We talk about how that works and what it means for the industry. Gary's been on the show multiple times. He's a certified diabetes care and education specialist. He's lived with type 1 diabetes for nearly 40 years. He is a pro when it comes to diabetes technology. He is the owner and clinical director of Integrated Diabetes Services, a practice specializing in intensive insulin therapy and advanced education for children and adults. I've got links to his practice in today's show notes. He's written several books, including Think Like a Pancreas, which is great for those who want to learn how to better interpret their CGM data and understand how foods affect them. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms. So be sure to follow. And if you want to leave a rating, it would really help me out. Keep in mind that anything you hear on today's podcast or any of my content in general is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. All right, let's get into the conversation. Gary, welcome back to the show. I am very excited to talk to you about this new pump, Moby, which we briefly spoke about at ADA, and I know you know lots about it. So uh, thank you for coming back on the show. Well, I know as much as I can learn from everything I've read online and you know, from the various people at Tandem because it's, you know, it's not really available yet, probably going to be another six months or so. Uh, and like I do with everything, I'm going to try it out personally before recommending it or you know, providing some detailed comparisons on the product. Oh, that's great. We'll have to talk about it after you try it out. Tandem's calling this the world's smallest pump. How small is this? It's about half the size of their current pump. Um, so if you take their pump, just cut it in half, it's just about the same thickness, uh, about the same length, but the width is half the size. So it's, uh, yeah, it is, it is pretty small. You know, whether that provides a lot of value to people or not is, is debatable. I guess for some people it does, for other people, the size of the tandem pump as it is now is small enough already. Is this pump, the Moby like comparable to any other pumps on the market in size? It's pretty close to the size of the Omnipod, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, it may be a little shorter, slightly shorter than the Omnipod, but you know, feature-wise, it's it's programmed entirely through a smartphone app. So from that standpoint, it, it has some similarities to the Omnipod. Yeah, and because it's controlled with a smartphone, there is no screen on this device. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the form factor kind of looks like? It's very simple. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically a cartridge that attaches to a durable uh, pump, if you want to call it that, that contains the electronics and the drive mechanism. Uh, the, the cartridge itself holds a maximum of 200 
units of U100 insulin. And I think you know, most people know now you can put U200 insulin into a pump off-label. It's not approved for that, but it can be used. Uh, and it kind of doubles the volume of insulin if you choose to. You just have to make sure you're adjusting your settings properly. It still does have a small strand of tubing that comes off of the cartridge. Now, with a typical pump like Tandem, that tube is 20, 30 inches long, but with the uh, the Moby, it's only a five-inch tube. It's just long enough to extend from the pump itself to the infusion site. And the infusion sites are the same as what we currently use with the Tandem pump. You, know, you have the AutoSoft 30, the AutoSoft, the VariSoft, and, and the True Steel. So you still have an infusion site on your body that allows you to disconnect from the pump if you choose to. Yeah, and with that five-inch tube, Obviously, that's not long enough to like put this pump in your pocket. How is this pump supposed to be worn? There's a few options for wearing it. Uh, I think the one that's probably going to be utilized the most is an adhesive pouch. So there'll be a pouch with an adhesive backing on it. The pump slides in the pouch and the pouch sticks to the skin. And you can you know, place that right next to your infusion site if you choose to. So again, it's similar you know, to a patch pump design, but it does have the capability of disconnecting when you want to or need to, which you can't do with traditional patch pumps now. They'll have a clip case so that if you do have it, let's say on the site on your abdomen, you can clip it to your, your waistband or clip it to a pocket if you choose to. Okay, got it. Okay. So for those who are wearing Omnipod, what do you think would be the incentive for them to switch to a pump like this? Well, one thing up front is it's compatible with iPhones. Right now with Omnipod, you have to use an Android phone um, to communicate. Otherwise you have to carry a second control, an entire phone with you to control your pods. Um, the Tandem pump itself has a, a lot of features that Omnipod uh, doesn't. You know, the ability to extend boluses is one that a lot of people like. Uh, even when you're running the automated delivery mode, you can do that. You can also change your your insulin delivery profile, which is kind of like doing a temporary basal adjustment. And that's something that the you know, the Omnipod doesn't doesn't allow right now. Uh, so from a and the control IQ algorithm has also uh, been found to be a, a very simple but effective one that you know, some people prefer to the Omnipod Five algorithm. And I guess also, you know, the ability to connect and disconnect if you choose to will, will be a nice feature. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, we spoke at ADA about some things that are coming with Omnipod, which is their iPhone app, possibly mm -hmm. coming in the next three to six months or, or something like that. And they say that they have like a food feature, a customizable food feature, which could be related to extended bolus. And, and maybe these will be features that bring Omnipod 5 up to par with uh, T Slim and besides like disconnecting and reconnecting, which maybe you can expand on, is there any like other physical advantage to something like Moby over Omnipod, which you know basically stays on you the entire time? Mm, I don't think so, but you think of the situations where disconnecting is important, you know, things like medical procedures. Uh, even going in a hot tub, or these days going in the ocean water, which feels like a hot tub in some cases, since you don't want your insulin to spoil in very hot water. 
you know, intimacy, uh, although, you know, the Omnipod, it, it is a fairly, in, you know, discrete size and adheres well. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's certainly wearable, but, you know, times where you don't, you can't have it on in the medical procedures or hot conditions, those are times where, you know, it's nice to be able to disconnect completely and, and set the pump aside. Yeah, I saw in the news recently that like Florida has like water, their beaches water is 101 degrees right now. So I guess that is a big advantage. Um, I have noticed my insulin become a little less effective. Just while we're on that topic, if you go in a hot tub or you go in warm water, is there like a specific amount of time that your insulin will be okay? Um, you know, like if you're in the hot tub for 15 minutes, is that going to really spoil, spoil your insulin? Well, you bring up an important point. It's not just how hot the temperature gets, it's how long you're exposing it to that hot temperature. And there, there's no official, official guideline for this. And when the insulin companies study their insulins, present it to the FDA, um, they say it's safe up to this temperature, but it can be safe at higher temperatures, but we just don't know exactly how high and for how long. Just based on experience and what I tell my clients is that if you're exposing the pump to temperatures above 90 degrees, limit it to an hour. If it's gonna be more than an hour, you're probably gonna start losing some of the insulin's potency. It won't just stop working entirely, but you're gonna lose some of its effectiveness. And your glucose may run a little higher than usual, uh, but if you spoil the insulin entirely, you know, then you could go into ketoacidosis. So you got to be really careful with that. So I, I use the general guideline below 90 degrees. You're generally going to be okay above 90 degrees. If it's more than an hour, that's a problem. If you're just going from your car into a building and it's hundred degrees out, it's okay. It's not enough time for it to really affect the insulin. But if you're stuck outside for long stretches of time, or if you're in very hot water, for long periods of time, there's a very good chance you're going to lose some of the insulin potency. Okay, great. That's super valuable information for the listeners and also me, <laughs> because I didn't really have an exact um, idea of that. So that's going to be helpful. Who would you say Moby is meant for? What type of user? What age user? Like, who's who's going to benefit from this? No, I, I presented what I know about Moby to a lot of my patients. Half of them get really excited about it. Half of them couldn't care less. And I find the people who get excited about it are the ones who are more image conscious, who just want a more discreet insulin pump. Uh, also people who just have their phone at their side all the time and use their phone for everything. They like the idea of programming all aspects of their, of their pump through their phone. That's a, it's a desirable feature. The only thing you can program on the Moby pump itself are, are, are boluses in fixed increments. So let's say you left your phone home, you're out at lunch, you can hit a button and deliver either a half or a whole unit per button press uh, just to get yourself some insulin that you know you're going to need. Other than that, there's no programming at all you can do on the pump, on the Moby pump itself. Everything else is done through the mobile app. But wow. the size of it, this, the let, you know, reduction in the tubing length, you know, those are desirable things. Now, interestingly, I thought about this. You know, they're going to have this five-inch tube and infusion set. You know, people who use the traditional tandem pump 
I theoretically could utilize that, especially if they wear their pump right near their waistline where they can clip the pump to their pocket. You know, they could use that really short tube, I suppose, uh, instead of the you know, longer tube that we're used to using. Yeah, wow. Um, I didn't know about the button on the pump. And what I like about that is the you still you would have the ability to go on a walk, leave your phone at home, have that closed loop. I I assume that your Dexcom CGM and other CGMs that will be um, supported. I know Libre two uh, is coming for tandem, and Libre three is probably on the horizon. You'll be able to go on that walk, have that connect via closed loop wirelessly without the phone. Mm -hmm. And then you can bolt if you want to get some ice cream spontaneously on that walk, you can bolus for it and yeah. you'll have your Dexcom numbers, especially with direct to watch coming soon, which was announced by end of the year. You will kind of have, you know, your own little setup without a phone. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So let's get into infusion sets. We spoke a little bit about this at ADA, which whoever's listening, you should check out that interview. There was a lot of cool stuff about all the announcements at that event. Um, how long will this infusion set last at launch, you think? And then are they planning to make that longer? Well, the Moby uses the same infusion sets that we've been using with the tandem pump. You know, I mentioned the True Steel, the AutoSoft, the AutoSoft 30, and the, the VeriSoft. That's not changing. It's still a you know, two to three day life expectancy for an infusion set for most people. Uh, now, Tandem did acquire a company over a year ago called Capillary Biomedical. And that company was developing a very innovative infusion set that had a much longer life cycle. You know, that could be used seven days, 10 days. And the early studies showed that the insulin absorption actually improved the longer the set was in place. The insulin would work even faster the longer uh, that, it, that the set was used. So uh, Tandem is still working on developing that, doing more research on it. Hopefully they'll bring that to market soon because that's really the biggest limiting factor we have in pump therapy now are the infusion devices. So if the insulin gets into your body and doesn't absorb as expected, it can lead to all kinds of problems with high glucose followed by low glucose and just repeating that cycle over and over again. So having infusion devices that are more effective, more convenient, it's really gonna make a difference for all of us who use pumps. Yeah, that's great. I know a lot of us wanna see longer infusion sets and Medtronic with their 780G system has a seven day infusion set. So it is possible and um, I hope we see it soon. I hope I get to see it on the Omnipod too, but that may be a little more difficult. Who knows? Yeah, it's going to be tougher for them to make that change on the Omnipod because the cannula is built into the pods themselves. They'd have to rebuild. You know, every pod would have to be different. It's not a matter of just, hey, we got a new cannula or a new tube. Let's launch it. They have to revolutionize the whole pod design uh, to get there. It's the same reason it's taking Insulet you know, as long as it has to get the G7 compatibility. The pods themselves have to be rebuilt. It's not just an app or a you know, a single a controller, yeah. every pot, every pump that goes out has to have a new receiver built into it to work with the G7. Yeah. And rebuilding well, those assembly lines on those you know, the automated plants is it's a major undertaking. Yeah, I went to their factory and I saw how much goes into it and how 
literally this, these huge machines have one job of with one piece. So not only are they redesigning this pump, but they'd have to completely rework their factory layout and how it builds the pump. So it's not, yeah, it's, it may be easy to design a new pump, but reworking the entire like system that takes a lot of time. So, um, but I think that Omnipod has some flames underneath them, which we'll get into later in this podcast with a lot of tubeless pumps coming. So that may be a good incentive for them to, to work on things and make things uh, more innovative. Something else that might interest your, your listeners is about uh, people who want to upgrade to the Mobi when it's available. I was able to get details from the company about this. Um, it, it's called a tandem choice program. And essentially anybody who's currently using a tandem pump and has more than a year left on their warranty, so they got their pump within the last three years, uh, can upgrade or switch over to the Mobi for $999. It's not cheap, but it's, it, it's an option. And then they still have 90 days at that point to switch back to their original tandem pump if they choose to. Uh, now, for people who are on other pumps who want to give the Mobi a try, if they have at least six months left, six months left on their warranty, same thing. At $9.99, they can upgrade and, and get the Mobi system. Yeah, just for a thousand dollars. Only a thousand dollars. I love that. Like they even have the gall to. To be like, yeah, you can upgrade for a thousand dollars. This is like these are medical devices that people, you know, that will help people's lives. I just, I love that. That's even. I feel like it's a little weird that they're offering like a a thousand dollar upgrade. I just think that that's a yeah. little bit of a slap in the face. Well, <laughs> to in, me. that's how it feels to honesty, me. The, the the improvements between you know, the current tandem pump and the Moby they're all cosmetic. I mean, none of this is going yeah. to make someone's glucose control infinitely better. It's the same algorithm, same delivery mechanism. I mean, it's basically the same pump. It's just they've you know, configured it differently. Um, they're convenience features, which you and I both know are valuable. It's a quality of life thing. But when payers look at it and say it doesn't change someone's glucose control, they're not going to want to you know, pay $1,000 for you to be able to do that. Because quality of life means nothing to uh, a payer. It's it's all about outcome data. Yeah. Question: What is a T Slim like? I assume after the four year agreement, you own that pump, right? Like, how much does that pump? Uh, like, what's the price of that pump at that point? Like, how much value is is there to that pump? Would you say? Well, it really doesn't have monetary value at that point. Uh, it has convenience value and it has durability. I've seen tandem pumps go for six, seven, eight years. They, they're built pretty solidly. Uh, but for somebody who's going to get a new pump at that point, you have a great backup. I mean, you've got an amazing uh, you know, backup system uh, in case you know, you, you, whatever new pump you get uh, breaks or goes down temporarily, you can switch back to that tandem system. Okay. With Medicare, people have five-year warranties on their pumps, so they have to wait a little bit longer before they're eligible for an upgrade. Okay, gotcha. Now, back to Moby. When it comes to refilling this pump, how does that – like, can you leave the infusion set on and refill it and get that extra day or 
come when there's a seven day infusion set? I, I assume you'll need to do that, right? You'll have like, how does that work? See, that's the kind of stuff I'll learn when I get to actually use it. You know, that much detail is just not available yet about you know, the, the detailed change out procedures and details about how it programs. That, that's the kind of stuff you can only get from actually wearing it day in and day out. Um, I'm also going to be trying the Medtronic 780. Uh, you know, I, I, I try everything. I just want to get a feel for it, you know, what kind of results I can achieve with it, how easy is it to use, and also what are some of the tricks like you're describing to make it more functional and, and easier to, to live with on a day-to-day -day basis. But that, that kind of thing is, we'll learn those kind of things once I have one in hand and can actually wear it. Okay, great. What would you say are the downsides of Moby? Well, I guess that you have to have your phone to program things other than just a one or two unit bolus. Uh, a lot of people don't like being tethered to their phones all the time. They prefer having a pump that they can just go boop, 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 program it, clip it back on, and they're good to go. Uh, it does depend on your phone being functional. We all know, you know, we misplace our phones and phones break and whatnot. So that, that can be a potential issue. I guess the smaller reservoir volume will affect some people. If you use uh, more than 60 units of insulin a day, you may not have enough to get through three days uh, with the new system, with the uh, with the Moby. Um, this, I guess the smaller tube has downsides as well. You really have to keep the pump very close to your infusion site. And you know, there are situations where you may want to put it in a pocket or put it someplace else on your body. You may have a good spot for absorption, but a different place you like to wear the pump. In which case, you, know, you may have to dig up old tubing and longer ones to, to use with this. So I guess it's, you know, some, they're, they're minor things, I guess, but there are, not everything about it is, is a, a positive. Okay. Let's get into Tandem's algorithm, which I'll admit I don't know a lot about. So I'm very curious to hear this. I do hear that it's a little more aggressive than Omnipod 5. What would you say, and this, this is the same algorithm, uh, Connect IQ, um, that is coming control to Control IQ. Um, control IQ, it's coming to Moby. What would you say is unique about this algorithm? Well, the simplicity of it is kind of unique. Uh, it's a fairly easy to understand algorithm in terms of how it functions. The fact that it will deliver automated correction boluses on the user's behalf if the projected glucose is going to be uh, above 180 is a, a very nice feature. The user doesn't have to be watching all the time and doing their own corrections because it'll it'll take care of those for, uh, for the user. Um, I think what's more valuable than the algorithm itself is that Tandem allows the user a certain degree of involvement in the management. It uses the patient's preferred basal profile as the starting point. The other systems, since Medtronic and Insulet, uh, both use a flat basal profile as a starting point which doesn't work for everybody. Some people need significant peaks and valleys in their basal rates. And if they're starting with a flat profile, 
the algorithm is chasing highs and lows instead of maintaining somebody in, in that steady range. So I'd say for people who do have significant variance in their basal means, uh, the tandem algorithm is a really good one to use. Um, and the fact that it lets you extend boluses, I still think is a really valuable tool. The fact that you can change your profile, you know, your standard basal rates and bolus formulas for different situations, tandem still allows that sort of thing. So for you know, anybody who still wants to be engaged in their own management and achieve maybe a higher level of management, uh, the tandem is a, a good system to use. Okay. Now, you said this before, when do you expect people to be able to have access to this? Will there be like an initial release and then like a greater release? How's that gonna, how's rollout yeah, gonna work? They, they will do a, like a, a soft rollout initially. Uh, but it looks like it's probably going to be around the first of the year uh, before this is going to roll out. Just you know, getting FDA approval is, is the, a first step. There's a lot of steps now that the company has to take. You know, everything from you know, <laughs> building the pro enough product to be able to ship, the assembly line process, the training materials, the trainers have to be trained on it, the insurance coverage has to be there. So there's a lot of, of steps now that have to take place. Uh, before users and uh, people like you and me will be able to access it and start uh, start benefiting from it. Yeah, I know as soon as I can get my hands on it, I'm going to reach out to them. I want to do a bunch of hands-on demo stuff. Um, do you think that upon release that the G7, Dexcom G7, and the Libre 2 will be supported? That's That's what they're reporting. Okay. Yeah, you'll be able to use you know three different sensors uh, with that with their system. You said three. I'm guessing that's the G6 also. G6 also. Yeah. Okay. And that's going to happen with Tandem uh, T Slim as well when they update okay. the software. The G6 is still going to be an option, which is I think important because you know we're finding since G7 launches. I love the G7. It's got a lot of great new features, but there are some people who are having a lot of trouble with it. Uh, the transmission issues and accuracy issues. You know, most people do great, but some people are actually better with the G6 and they get better results with it. So I think it's important that they still offer a choice of CGM system along with uh, the AID that Tandem has. Yeah, I do have to say uh, I'm a G7 user. I love it in every single way except for connection. I go into the other room and it disconnect. I'm, I'm 10 feet away, it disconnects. I'm 20 feet away, oh, it's definitely disconnected. With the G6, I never had those issues. And that is a major issue because it stops my closed loop, you know, and I, I try to spend time not worrying about my diabetes. And then all of a sudden I look at my phone, oh, my system hasn't updated in 40 minutes. Well, 40 minutes can be a lot, especially if I'm like eating tortilla chips with salsa like it it's it's really frustrating and i hope that i know for sure dexcom's gotta be working on that speaking um, of salsa one of our my nurses here alicia just got back from costa rica she was working at this diabetes camp there she she swears by this stuff you gotta try it Ooh, okay what is it called for people listening lizano salsa Okay. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's since 1920, but apparently everyone, it's on every kitchen table in, in Costa Rica. Good stuff. Oh, wow. 
Now, I want to move into kind of the future of Tandem. They have laid out a plan for the next few years of what they want to do. One of those, from what I've learned, is that they eventually want a Moby that is tubeless. Um, I've seen some renders of that, and that came out within the video. But they also acquired a pump company uh, called AMF Medical that were producing the pump called SIGI, S-I-G-I. Now that pump received FDA breakthrough device um, certification or whatever that is in fall of 2021, which basically helps propel it further and faster through that system. So it's been some time. Tandem acquired them officially in January 2023. I know like you didn't know a ton about it before we, we spoke. I showed you the video and then you had all these other companies that were working on this. So I want to talk about all that. First, this is a rechargeable tubeless pump. You get two of them, you put one on, then if you need to put on a new one, you can. And then there's a pad that's disposable that it connects to on your body. What are your thoughts on a device like that? I think there's a definite role for it. You know, patch pumps in general are preferred. Uh, particularly when you can control the patch pump with an app on your own phone. Now, Insulet is working to get iPhone integration right now, just Android, but when you can use your own phone to control your pump's activities, it has a lot of appeal. Not having a tube, having it insert its own infusion set very easily, you know, a lot of benefit to that from an ease of use standpoint. Uh, also, not having to disconnect so often for activities is beneficial with patch pumps. So one of the challenges with patch pumps, though, is the cost for manufacturing them. If they're not cheap devices to make. You're throwing away a lot of components every three days or so that potentially could be used much longer. You know, there's there's some, some cases there's vibrate mechanisms, motors, batteries, electronic stuff, you know, computer chips, all this stuff is, you know, it costs money to produce and, and make these things. So multiple companies now are working on patch pumps that have a durable part and a disposable part. So imagine the disposable part would be the part that holds the insulin, you know, potentially the part that has the, the disposable battery in it, maybe. Uh, and the, the durable part, and maybe also the disposable part would have the cannula that goes in the skin. Those are things that have to be changed regularly. The durable part is everything else that I just mentioned. You know, the drive mechanism, the computer chips, you know, things that are electronic components, the durable part. Uh, so, you know, Sigi was one of the companies developing a device like that, where you have like a, a platform that sits on the skin that has insulin reservoir, the cannula, and you snap the durable pump into it. Durable part is used over and over again. You're just changing the disposable. Uh, there's an Israeli company called Triple Jump working on a similar concept. Uh, and years ago, Roche bought a company called Medingo, developed a product called the Solo. Same concept, uh, disposable part and a durable part. The advantage of this is significant cost savings. It costs a lot less to replace the disposable parts than to have to replace an entire pump every three days. The other advantage from an ecological standpoint is a lot less waste of metals and batteries and things you just don't want winding up in landfills. Uh, so those are the, the main advantages. 
um, you know, at some point, you know, if a product like you know, the triple jump or the, the CG system become approved and widely available, I could see a point where health plans will say, you know, we'll, we'll pay, you know, it costs us, let's say $40 per Omnipod, it costs us $25 per disposable patch pump. We're gonna pay for the $25 one, you know, unless, mm -hmm the fully disposable pump has other features that improve outcomes. They're going to look at this and say, they're both patch pumps. Why would we pay twice as much for one versus the other? So I think it's going to keep every company innovating and improving the way they design their products just to, to remain competitive. Yeah. Uh, for people listening, if you want even more information on Siggy, I've got a video on YouTube, which I'll put in the show notes. And I do have to agree, I feel so wasteful wearing Omnipod. I love it. And to, for me, it really is the best device for me to use. But without there being a recycle program, all these batteries, all these plastics, and all these metals that are going into the garbage and not being melted down or disposed um, as they should, like we're not supposed to throw away batteries. That's like a well-known thing. You bring them to Best Buy and you give them your batteries. Like, I know a lot of people do it. I've done it, but like, I don't understand yet why Omnipod hasn't fully implemented that. I asked them about it when I went uh, and interviewed someone uh, in Acton, Massachusetts. That video is also on YouTube. And they said they're experimenting with it, but I think like, we just, we need it. And also the incentive of using a device that's not disposable um, in so many ways is, um, is better in my eyes. It, it could potentially be better because also think about traveling. I don't need to bring like six packs of these disposable things. I could just bring my two Siggy pumps. So um, I'm eager to see what comes of these companies. And I'm also eager to see how Omnipod uh, reacts to that because it's not one, just one this. Of the, one of the nice things about Omnipod is how solidly they're built. I mean, those things are tough literally to, to break it open and get to the components and separate them out, you need a chisel and a big sledgehammer. It is really solidly built. Uh, I can imagine, you know, Insulet having a, a warehouse somewhere with big muscular guys and <laughs> sledgehammers right. just breaking open the pods to be able to recycle parts from it. Yeah, I've tried to do it myself. It was not, it was not a nice experience. I also had the needle go through my, <laughs> my finger. So I recommend that no one does this. Um, and I think ultimately what I would want to see is Apple has robots designed specifically to tear apart their products and recycle them. So what Omnipod would need to do or insulate, they'd need to build a factory designed to disposing these two, which is very, very expensive. But Companies need to be responsible for waste. You know, back in the day in the 50s, Coca-Cola used glass bottles and then you gave them back. Now we're using plastic and you recycle it. Where's this plastic going? China's not buying the plastic anymore. Anyway, I'm getting a little, you know, far away from the topic, but eco, it, it, we, need to, we need to figure out all this sustainability stuff in the diabetes world. I, I would like to see that at least. Um, lastly, Aside from Siggy with Tandem, we also have the EO Flow Pump, a Korean company that was manufacturing a pump, uh, a, a tubeless pump. Medtronic bought them. So now you have all of these companies with their tubeless pumps coming. 
what do you think this means just for the overall market of tubeless pumps? What are, what are we going to see? I mean, it's gradually, very slowly gravitating more towards a tubeless design. But, you know, people who have worn tubeless pumps, me being one of them, uh, you, you learn pretty quickly that the tubing is not that big a hassle. Yeah, once in a while it gets caught on a doorknob or something. But for the most part, the, the tubing does not get in the way of your life. Uh, so most people who have used tube pumps are comfortable continuing to use tube pumps. So when, when, I, when I have a patient who's ready for an upgrade on their pump and I show them the different systems, what I find is people who currently use tube pumps tend to stay with them. People who currently use a patch pump tend to stay with that. So it's all a matter of experience. The tubing can create some interesting situations though. I remember years ago when I had my very first little mini med pump, this was back in like the late nineties. I went to the uh, beach in, in Jersey and I'm on the boardwalk waiting in line for some ice cream. And I had my pump on with the tube and this guy came up to me. He looked like he'd been in the sun for like 10 straight days. He was a little out of it. He says, whoa, man, that's a pretty cool beeper you got. And because I had the tube on it, he, and he said, he said, can I get one of them? I said, yeah, you know, this tube feeds my messages right into my brain. <laughs> and he said, whoa, I've got to get one of them. So you can get away with stuff playing oh, around. With that's so funny. Do you think we're entering a world that is just tubeless pumps. Do you see that happening in 20 years where that's mm. the only option and tube pumps are such an old fashioned device? I could see that if the, if you had, a, let's just call it a device that delivered insulin, sensed your glucose, automated, automatically adjusted the delivery. Now in my perfect world, that device wouldn't just deliver insulin. It could also deliver glucagon and it could also deliver amylin like the normal pancreas with the slow digestion down. You get all these hormones going in at the same time, you know, based on an algorithm and automatically manages your glucose for you 24 seven without you having to think about it. You know, we're heading that way. Uh, and that would probably take the form of a patch system because you'd have multiple different infusions taking place. So, you know, like right now, yeah, I talked to uh, Ed Damiano from Beta Bionics. Their dual hormone system with insulin and glucagon, it requires two tubes and two infusion sets. That's getting a little bit awkward. And if you start adding other hormones, you got three tubes and four tubes. And, you know, you end up you know, looking like you just broke out of a hospital with the IVs track dragging behind you. So if you had a patch device that had multiple cannulas that popped in and could infuse each one as needed, I'd be cool with that. I think that would be a great system for virtually everybody. Wow, that, that's my first time hearing about amylin. So I'm definitely going to have to look into that more and, and report on it more in my coverage and on this podcast. Um, that that's I didn't even know that that was a hormone that existed. And it makes sense. Yeah, I'm happy um, to come back and talk more okay. about it. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so insightful. I'm super excited to try Moby myself, but also odds are you're going to try it first. So I'd love to have you on the show again to talk about that experience. Yes. I like that. I can track your blood sugar on the uh, clock system <laughs> you got behind you. Yeah. It's so people know if I'm in a crappy mood, they know why, or if I'm being very serious uh, right it now. It makes you a great, great excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing pretty I, well. I low. That's why I did what I did. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. To learn more about Moby and see footage of the pump, check out that video I have on YouTube. You'll learn way more about it and you'll see all the visuals and some video. I've got a link to that in today's show notes as well as any other videos I may have mentioned. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday wherever you listen and on YouTube. I've got a link to my YouTube channel and all of my social accounts in the show notes. I'm Justin and I'll tech you later.